Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Welcome, everybody, to the Grow Your Practice Live. I guess this is a, a webinar that we'll be doing here. So if you would like, um, I know there are a few of you on right now. You're more than welcome to uh, turn your camera on and share. Um, as we go through here, what we'll be talking about today is um, really how to mitigate your, your slow season um, and how to make it your busiest time of year. And this is a the perfect day to have this because we literally just did this uh, promotion for today. We just hosted an event here at our uh, six locations. The... Um, yeah, so mainly we're going to talk about consistency with your new patient flow here today. If at any point you have a question, just raise your hand or type it in the chat or the Q&A. And I know we had some pre-submitted questions as well. So what I want to talk about is a, a decline in visits during your slow season. So if you think about you know the 12 months during the year, is there typically a, a season or a month where you're the slowest? Joanne, I see you shaking your head, so I'm guessing you have one there. Um, yeah, January seems to be one. Um, it, uh, everybody's um, deductibles renew, and so they're afraid of spending the money the first of the year, so they tend to like push it off a little bit, but um, yeah, that seems to be one. So pretty common. Um, yeah, so I mean, the typical answers are January. Uh, for us, it's June when uh, school first lets out and summer vacations start. And then also, uh, literally right now, Thanksgiving through the end of the year um, has, has crushed us in the past. And I'll share um, why this is important. So we'll talk about how to fill the schedule up between what, whenever your slow season is from whatever month to month, um, January or November, whenever it is. Um, but the most important thing is why. So in 2007, we had, um, it was the first time I had ever hired a marketing director, very small practice at the time. Um, I, revenue, I don't know, but I, I think we had uh, two full-time PT teams. So my guess is we were doing uh, about 240 visits a week. Um, let's call it a, you know, a million dollar a year revenue practice. Um, hired our first full-time marketing director, Kim was her name. And uh, so in October, we had 154 new patients, which was fantastic. And then we went in November, we had uh, 106. And then December, we had 66. And when we were doing, we were taking a look at this, like it was anemic. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, what happened here? And um, so we had a conversation and she had said, um, well, you know, nobody wants to come in during the holidays. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And, uh, and she was like, well, you know, this is the, I, I've looked through your numbers the last four years that we were in practice. And she said, every year you, you have a dip. And I said, well, what did you do to mitigate? Like the, the role of marketing is to mitigate that and keep us consistent through the year. So like, I would guess that you would like double down on marketing during that time. And she was like, no, I actually cut everything. So when we looked at it, she just like completely stopped the marketing during that time. And uh, we ended up losing in that quarter, uh, 40 $44,000. And uh, you you would have 
thought that that I would have learned my lesson. And then two years later, no more marketing director. Um, we were running everything and we had expanded uh, way too quickly. Uh, we went from 4,000 square feet up to uh, 12,000 square feet in about 12 months. And the same exact thing happened. I really um, you know, took my eye off the, the ball and uh, we ended up losing $98,000 in the quarter, uh, fourth quarter. So the next year we were like, you know, what do we have to do in order for this to never happen again? What would this look like if from Thanksgiving through the end of the year was our busiest season of the year, because we were just getting uh, annihilated in, in December every year. And so here's how we broke it down. And I want to share the thought process with you and how you can think about the same. So there are three target markets that we have in private practice. Does anybody know what they are? There are three places that we can get new patients from. Any guesses? You can type it in the chat. All right, so I'll help you with the first one. It's your, your past patient list, right? So the easiest, lowest hanging fruit is our past patient list. The second one is uh, we call them partners or uh, most practices will call them physicians, clinician referrals. So um, for us, when we think about that group, uh, group two, it could be uh, lookalike businesses, employers. So we have a pretty good relationship going with Pepsi. And we have another one going with the local credit union. We have great relationships with a lot of gyms in the area, or boutique fitness centers like yoga studios, et cetera. Um, the, and then we market to 3,000 plus physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs, um, other clinicians. So that would be group two. And then group three would be general cold public. So number one is patients. Number two is partners, which oftentimes includes physicians or other clinicians. And then number three is people who don't know, like, and trust us yet, just like general media or the cold public. And uh, so if we thought about that when we were problem solving from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, what happens with the cold public? Well, they're inundated with a, a ton of holiday spending from Target and Kohl's and Hobby Lobby and everything else. So very difficult for us to compete. Um, our, our spending goes up significantly during that time, whether we're talking about online or offline media. So we didn't really wanna try to compete there. Well, what about partners? So when we think about physician offices, I mean, that's the time of the year when they're flooded with um, white powder, which is, which is sugar and flour, right? So they're getting chocolate, um, they're getting sweets and edible arrangements and everything else from all the pharmaceutical companies and all their suppliers. So that also is very difficult for us to compete with. Um, and uh, it's really like, you know, swimming upstream. Uh, and it, yeah, just a, a difficult lift. So what we decided to do when we thought about that was go to our patient list. And if you're like most private practice owners, you're not offering your patient list, you're not making a lot of offers to your list. So what we did, and I wrote about this in uh, Killer Marketing Secrets, but um, we we made an offer where we had, uh, yeah, it's called greatest promotion ever, but we don't call it that to our patients. We call it um, a day of free exams. So there are a couple of ways to do this. So we promote it with both email to our past patient list, and we also promote it um, via direct mail. And what we actually, I have a, 
I have that the direct mail promotion. I can grab it to you and, and or grab it for you and show you here in a second. But what what it is is a, a Tuesday morning. So we're on a Tuesday morning, and it literally happened today for us. So right before the slow season, from seven to noon, we open up and we have um, five hours for each clinician of uh, free exams. Now this isn't a nine seven one six one one six two. You huge disclaimer. You want to know what your practice act looks like. We worked with directly with Paul Welk to establish what a free exam, free assessment is. Obviously, you don't want to get yourself in legal or compliance trouble. Um, so for us, it's essentially a screen with a therapist. The therapist identifies uh, a general PT diagnosis and then also presents what successful treatment can look like. It does not take the place of, again, a, a full examination where we're doing like a, a huge neurological exam plus musculoskeletal, et cetera. Um, all the special tests, it's not that. So the other thing is it's not a free treatment. Um, so we, and again, we define that it's very clear in our promotion that it, it's not that, that it's not a free appointment, um, although it is a free assessment. So we're doing the screen. Uh, the first year that we did it back in 2011, um, we had seven clinicians. So we had 70 appointment slots available and we filled all 70. What we ended up with was we had a backlog from early November through mid-January of patients to get in for evals. Um, and it, it literally, we had a seven-week backlog. So that December in 2011 was our busiest quarter literally ever. We have run that same exact promotions more than 20 times in a row. And even today, now that we have six locations, soon to be seven, we continue to run the same exact thing uh, twice a year once before our slow season at the end of the year, and then once again before our slow season in June. So late May, early June, we'll run it again right before school lets out. Um, it's And a lot of other practices have done this. We've helped them here at Breakthrough run the same exact promotion, and you can do the same thing. Um, the, so when you're thinking about, um, and I know, Joanne, you said uh, January. So typically what you would do is run a promotion in mid mid December, a little difficult to do, right? With uh, around that that time, but you can win the, in the mailbox, and you can win uh, with emails as well when you when you position it correctly. And just to give you an idea, so this was not our best effort ever. Um, our yeah, we discussed this with our marketing team last week. So this is our regular newsletter that goes out. We mail this out to more than 20,000 people. And then inside, we have a uh, this promotional piece. So this um, this is like, to me, very nice looking graphic design. Does not do a lot. Uh, this was one of our worst performing pieces for the event. The event was successful, but uh, we had a lot of work to do to support it. So, um, and I'll give you the one big thing in terms of the how-to that is important. You, there has to be a reason that you're running the event, a reason why. The reason why does not matter. But um, for us, it's, you know, we're, it's celebrating 19 years in business. Or um, if you have a clinician who just got married or had like another life event, maybe they had a, a child or something like that, you can certainly use that. Or if you're expanding space or opening a new office or expanding services, or you've got a new piece of equipment, all of those are acceptable reasons 
for why you're celebrating. So you're having a celebration, you're giving a reason why, and then you're clearly defining exactly what people are getting in the free exam or a, a more palatable, palatable word for most of us, compliant word is a free assessment. That's what we do. And the other thing to do is once you commit to the date, you want it so, Joanne, in your case, if it was December 15th, and I don't know what day of the week that is, but let's say it was December 15th, um, you would work backwards and think, how could I, how would I fill this up, right? So um, the two major ways, again, are direct mail, and we send out two direct mail pieces, and then um, promoting the day, and then the other one is email. And um, yeah, email is super effective, a very nice compliment to anything you're doing direct mail. There, there are two staples. What we'll do on top of that after we've asked ourselves, what do we have to do to fill up the date, fill up the appointments? We'll then complement it with uh, organic social. So literally have the physical therapist, uh, you know, do a video post and saying something along the lines of, you know, we're hosting an event here on December 15th because it's our 10th birthday or whatever the reason is you're celebrating. Uh, here's what you're going to get. So very basic and we use a three-step formula. Here's what you're going to get. Here's why it's beneficial. So here's what's in it for you. And here's how to capture it. Most likely you're driving them to a landing page or simply call your office uh, to claim their, their free assessment. Um, so yeah, just to repeat that, very important to have a reason why. If you don't have a reason why you're celebrating, it just doesn't have a lot of teeth. Our reason why uh, in this promotion was uh, because uh, um, November is national um, Thanksgiving or uh, thankful, I think it, they called it thankfulness month, national gratitude month, pretty weak. And we were also in the same exact letter promoting that October is national physical therapy month. It's just, it didn't make sense at all. It was a misalignment. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we won't make that mistake again. But the, again, I, I gave the, reasonable or the the acceptable reasons as to why this would work. So again, for those of you that are on the call, if you do have a question, you can type it in the Q&A or the chat. I'd be happy to go through that for you. Um, just out of curiosity, is that reasonable for everybody that's on this call? Heather, Jason, Joanne, Nicole, et cetera. Does that land that you could execute this? You could do a, a promotion to your past patient list and fill up for uh, your, your typical slow season. It sounds like a good idea, Chad. Um, this is Julie. I'm new to the PT business <clears throat> and I'm doing marketing for physio, physical therapy. Um, so definitely, I like this idea. I'm gonna definitely bring that up to the CEO and see if we can do something, even if it's not as many phys, I mean, we got to give it a try, even yeah. if it's not as many therapists, but um, it would be great. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that, Julie. Um, I can tell you, so I've taught this over 2000 times to practices um, over the last seven years. And the, the, the best story that I ever heard was uh, we were working with a therapist. I forget exactly what state he was in. Um, I'm thinking Virginia, although it might've been Tennessee. Uh, God bless you. There you go. <laughs> and uh, the so 
Um, and this therapist had a progressive neurological disease where um, I remember he was on a medication and he had shared this in a group. So I, I'm not speaking out of turn here, um, but he had a progressive neurological disease. And I believe he had like 18 months before the medication, like he would have to go the next generation of medication. And he was basically going to lose or be impaired and no longer be able to treat. So he was kind of under some pressure and he was live on a call and he said, Hey, I sent out your promotion. Nothing's happened yet. And I said, okay, when did you send it out? And it happened to be like four days before this call. And he had, and I, so we, we debugged everything. And I said, how big's your list? And he said, and I've been in practice for whatever it was, 12 years. And we've had five, we have 500 patients on our mailing list. And I said, okay. And for most of us as clinicians, we think that uh, high, you know, providing high quality of care, which I'm sure if we surveyed it, every single person on this call would say they have the highest quality of care in their area. Um, and word of mouth referrals are the way to grow a practice. And, you know, I said, well, it sounds like you've taken good care of your people and you have a high quality of care. I'm sure they're going to respond. So he had 20 slots available himself and another clinician. Um, they he hopped on a similar call just like this, an implementation call a week later. Um, not only had they filled all 20 spots, mailing 500 people, they also had 11 people on their waiting list. And he he went from being semi, because it, it can be, as a clinician, if we've really taken care of our people, they should be responding when we're emailing them or sending them direct mail if we're making them an offer. Right. If they're if we truly have a list of raving fans that we've provided high quality of care to, they've met their goals, they're going to be highly reactive, right? Uh in, in a good way, meaning they're they're much more likely to be a re reactivated patient, come back into us for additional care. Um and yeah, so we ended up having uh 31 people schedule out of the list of 500, which is an amazing rate. Um, and yeah, like that really got them over the hump. Um, and reignited some things for him in terms of growing his practice and ultimately transitioning it over. So I encourage you, if you've never heard of this before um, and you're skeptical and you're not real sure how responsive your list is going to be, even if you've never sent a single piece of mail to your patient list or emailed them, um, that have some confidence in yourself that you've provided high quality of care, you've done great things for the people you've worked with in the past, and they're likely to respond to you again. Um, in the future. What, what do you think about um, uh, like free webinars as well to, um, there's somebody locally that does them and she's, she swears by them. We've never done one yet. Um, and she'll publicize, um, you know, okay, this month she's going to specialize in knee pain and she'll, you know, pump information out there and she'll have 70 people get on her webinar and turn 20 of them into clients. Um, yeah. So that it, um, I've been doing webinars for a while that I'm in the hundreds now, both B2B, so practice owner to practice owner, and also um, physical therapist to patient. And uh, here's what I can tell you, that those, those numbers that you just said are, I wanna see it. Like that is almost unbelievable. Um, and here's why webinars are very low commitment as compared to live. So at each of our locations, we twice a month, we run a live workshop, which is 
It's essentially a webinar, right? Um, now, let's talk about all the options that are available, Joanne. So you can do online or you could do live, right? Um, so with the online webinar, you can do a live webinar. You can also do it recorded. So two and a half years ago, almost three years ago now, when the pandemic started, we had we were working with 200 plus locations and everybody had to switch over essentially because of the COVID restrictions over to webinar. Um, the, yeah, so we can drive registrations there. They're actually significantly less expensive than driving to a live event, like an, like an in-house event. Um, but the, again, the commitment level is low. It, again, it's still a mechanism though. Um, it's called traffic. My guess is if she's posting primarily on Facebook that in November and December, when the online retailers ramp up their spending, that her CPL or cost per lead goes up significantly. But nonetheless, it sounds like she's doing a, some good work there. Yeah. Is she willing to share with you? Oh, yeah. I mean, we used to have dinner every month and she would share things um we just haven't gotten together in a while but um yeah she she yeah so she, i mean i don't know she she swears that it's her her best way to get leads into her business great just realize she's going cold traffic right and um which is great and so think about this when you're marketing the yeah the three target markets seasonally they'll wax and wait right so like online traffic primarily um at least for us in central pennsylvania from january through the end of october halfway through november maybe is awesome and then you know whether it's google or youtube or instagram or facebook or tiktok the the advertising dollars that we have to compete with go up significantly from Thanksgiving through the end of the year. Um, and again, at least that's in central PA. Yeah, if, if she has something successful there, so we all, as I shared, we do the workshops. Um, if you're leading with patient education into the general marketplace, um, it is fantastic. So when you are doing that, um, yeah, we. It, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Any other questions? Did I answer your question on the marketing? Chad, okay. I was I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the workshops and like the funnel that you use to get there, get to get people there. Okay. So we talked about GPE for the past patient list. The other things, and we we market across the all levels of awareness. So um, Joanne, where's your practice at? You're in New Hampshire. Okay. So if you would draw like a 10 mile radius around your office, how many people? live within that 10 mile radius? I don't know, 60,000. Okay, 60,000 people. Um, if you had to reactivate somebody in January, or, or if you had to attract somebody in January, who is most likely out of those 60,000 people, who's most likely to come back um, or to come into your clinic and for a plan of care? Uh, somebody who lives close yeah. definitely uh, uh, geographic is definitely um, a plus 
Yeah. So somebody who lives close within that 10 mile radius and they're likely a past patient, that's the lowest hanging fruit, right? Yep. You, they're already on your list. So, and that's what I had talked about in the beginning here. The next level up would be the, the we'll call it a partner. So have you ever spoken um, to, for any other employers, any other businesses in your area? Have you ever done that? Never at like a social or civic event? Oh, yeah. I mean, we we network out there. Um, and we have, you know, we definitely have some um, local doctors and practitioners that, you know, we run into. Um, we don't knock on doors or call anybody, but we run into people. Okay. So th that's great. The when you're talking about partners or when we're talking about cold traffic, they're just realize they're always going to be a little bit heavier lift, um, involve a little more money, a little more time and resources. Um, there's three things that you can offer either one of them. You can offer them a product, right? Which would be for most, that would be like a biofree sample or a t-shirt or a mug or something like that. I don't recommend doing that. Second thing that you can do is you can offer a free or discounted service. So um, I was on with uh, Jeff Langmade not too long ago, and he talked about this, like the Groupon effect, where um, therapists, chiropractors are offering uh, essentially like a voucher, right, for a free service, free exam. It's amazing at getting people into the room. Um, it's horrible for long-term plans of care. And it actually damages the, the brand a little bit um, because you're constantly having to offer a free service or discounted service in order to attract somebody. Um, there's also some major compliance issues around it in, in the advertising. And it's, um, we, yeah, just choose not to do it. Um, yeah, it, 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 again, for the branding reasons, it's not the, the main go-to market strategy that we'd recommend. The third one is you can offer information and patient education, as you said, with uh, CJ physical therapy, what she's doing there, that that wins every time. So if, if you think about that, you know, there are multiple ways you can apply it. You can do it online. I, I'm actually, I'm super surprised if she's driving people in. I, I mean, I would just be going, if she has a hundred leads, driving them to come into our office for a live workshop. My guess is she would get an even better <clears throat> conversion rate. But um, nonetheless, she has a very successful thing there. It's, it's around patient education. And if you think about patient education, so we have done, we started doing workshops and my first one was in 2001. Um, oddly, I was at the gym this morning with, uh, yeah, his name's Dave. Uh, who was at the very first workshop I ever did uh, back in 2001. Uh, he was in there and then he was at the gym with me. Now he has a 14 year old son who's working out with us, but uh, um, yeah, so crazy what that can do, but yeah, you could do that. You can do it live. You can do a webinar. You can do it pre-recorded. If it is, um, if it's online, you can, we've also talked with clinicians who've done pre-recorded in-house. So they'll have a pre-recorded webinar on a TV somebody walks in and they go through and they watch the pre-recorded webinar and then talk one-on-one -on -one with the person you can do. So once you have the, the webinar or you have a live recording, you can get it transcribed 
and create reports, blog posts. If you have 12 blog posts or 12 reports, you can ultimately um, put a book together as well. So lots of choices there for information. And um, in just about every situation in every market, they'll all work. The thing that education buys you, and especially what we like about doing live workshops in-house, is it buys us engagement and it buys us time with people who do not know, like, and trust us yet. They have a problem. They're not sure how to solve that problem. Usually by the time they make it in here, they've looked at everything from massage to acupuncture to lots of various treatment options. Um, and we, we run them for same thing, a revolving diagnostic Rolodex of knee pain and back pain, neck. We've done arthritis, balance and dizziness as well. But during that workshop, um, we are educating and then ultimately making them an offer um, over to become a paying patient as well. And it, it is successful. You can do them in-house, which in case you're going to have to run ads, right, to, to drive um, in-house attendance. The, the other thing that you can do is with a partner, which we do one of these a month for each clinic, is we'll go into a place like last week we were at Pepsi, which I just shared, and Pepsi will promote us hosting the event. Um, so they'll, we'll go into their workplace, we'll talk with their, their workers, and there we're delivering basically a value add for them. But uh, yeah, both of those mechanisms are super successful. The nice thing is that once you figure it out one time, then you just put it on a, a, a schedule. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every month. So yeah, again, for us that at each office, it's two in-house workshops a month, and then we do one partner workshop per month. Any other questions? We can go to the pre-submitted ones. Yeah, I have those here. Um, yeah, if at any point you have a question, feel free to just like unmute yourself um, and you can jump in. Um, we have a question that was submitted beforehand from Chelsea. Um, don't see her on, but she asked, what have you found is the most bang for your buck in regards to marketing? Google, Facebook, local, et cetera? Yeah, so tough question, but I, I want to give a framework for how to think through that. We talked about the three markets. So people who are the most aware, who are who are going to search, uh, you know, physical therapy near me, or they're going to search for your specific, they're going to Google your name so they can contact you. That's the highest level of awareness. That is going to be the lowest uh, financial investment from you, involve the lowest resources for conversion and the least amount of time. So that's the lowest hanging fruit and um, the... Yeah, for most of us, that's our patient list. The next level up involves a little more time, money, and resources, and that's going to be um, the partner. Well, how do we reach a partner? It's boots on the ground. It's you know using LinkedIn, um, which you could advertise. We just direct message people on LinkedIn. Or what we really prefer to do is talk with our patient list, um, any workers' comp cases we have coming through or any case managers that we're treating or HR directors that we're treating. And then we just, we ask questions around what they do for their employees. 
Same thing with business owners we treat. So again, a little more hustle, time, money, and resources, um, but less than cold traffic. So oddly, the first one you brought up, Chelsea, is Google. So Tyson on the Breakthrough team is a Google specialist um, that Andrea and I, who Andrea and I work with. Um, and Tyson's, uh, Andrea, how, how can I do a service to, to how good Tyson is on Google? Like best person I've ever worked with on Google. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a pro at basically all paid promotion, paid online promotion. Yeah, unreal. Um, so we were going through and we were searching um, for back pain terms which is what we really build our practice around is uh, spine pain. So at, at least in the very beginning from like 2003 to 2010. Um, and there was a reason that we did that, but we searched for back pain terms and he was showing me national numbers. And for one specific back pain search term, there were 78,000 searches. That's the whole country, right? So it's it wasn't something that, like I expected a huge volume. I, I thought it would be like 3 million or something like that. It, it was not. And I was like 78,000. So I went on our one Facebook video that we promote uh, locally here via Breakthrough, the online platform here that um, Tyson and the rest of our marketing team run for our private practice. And we had over 78,000 views in the last 28 days. And I was like, Hey man, like I, I need to understand this. And he was like, well, you need to understand the market. And he was like, somebody who is searching for a very specific back pain or back pain treatment term, they're highly aware. Like they're essentially diagnosing themselves, right? So like their, their level of awareness is really high and there are less of those people than general cold traffic public. And he was like, it's essentially 90% you know, percent highly unaware and 10% are aware. And he was like, you know, if, if you recall, like every time that we talk with an owner and they say, you know, I wish I more people knew about the services that I provide, whether it's physical therapy or optometry or whatever it is, he was like, that's, that's exactly what you're seeing here. And he was like, you know, most private practice owners will overestimate the, the what's happening on Google. And yeah, so anyhow, like very difficult to go into a market and dominate Google. It, it's a little bit of vanity. I mean, here locally, we compete with Select Medical, that largest rehab provider in the country is literally headquartered 13 miles that direction. Upstream, uh, also known as Dreyer, they have 500 plus locations. They're headquartered six miles that direction. So for us to compete and rank number one in Google SEO or anything like that, very difficult to do. And in the end, even if we did achieve number one in like the top 20 terms, the volume just isn't there, right? So yes, it's important to be on Google. We run Google ads um, here for our offices um, and we help other owners with it, but you have to realize that it's part of a, a blanketed strategy, a full spectrum strategy. Think about what is invasive, right? So how do we reach the 90% of people who aren't necessarily aware of what our services can do for their knee, for their back, for their neck, et cetera, they're highly unaware. Um, you know, have you ever talked with like a relative who had adhesive capsulitis and they say there's nothing wrong with her shoulder and you watch them move like this? That's pretty common. Or you watch how they can't really get in and out of a car without compromising and you ask what's wrong with their, their hip or their back and they say nothing, right? They're, 
the very low levels of awareness. How do we reach those people? And this is the key. Like if you understand anything else from today outside of the slow season, how to how to mitigate that and how to have consistency there. And we're talking about cold traffic. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's essentially this. If you master, which is so hard to do, going to cold traffic um, and complement it with the low-hanging fruit, your patient list, and also a partner strategy as well, what you can do is you can pull those levers throughout the year and create consistency depending on what's working well for you traditionally at that time in your area. So for us, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, th there's a financial investment, right? I mean, we're at each of our locations, we're at least running $1,000 per month in ad spend um, on those uh, more, I, I call them invasive because they interrupt your scrolling. TikTok's the same exact thing. You're scrolling TikTok. I'm not scrolling TikTok, but somebody is. And uh, they're scrolling TikTok. And then, you know, our ad happens to pop up. It's this, it, so those types of media, especially online, they're, they're invasive uh, in terms of your attention. And um, yeah, so hard to answer your question. I would say with any practice owner who's a friend and I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, the very first thing I'll ask is what are you doing for your past patient list? Usually the answer is nothing. And we start there. Have an email list, have a direct mail list, start reactivating your past patients, people who know, like, and trust you and have already paid you in the past, start there and then build up gradually. So start with the low hanging fruit. And then over time, work your way up into um, the other advertising medias. Thanks, Chad. Um, Jen sent a question over the chat. She asked, with having done the same promotion for 20 plus years, um, do you have a lot of people who come year after year for the free exams? Do you change out who gets invited? We, we don't. We, I mean, if somebody has a, I think we have like two not good reviews in, in the last 10 years. Like, obviously we don't invite those two people. Incidentally, they both had like a financial issue, right? Um, so people that owe you money are usually where bad reviews come from. So, yeah, I mean, just if somebody's abusing your system and your offer and wasting your time, you, you certainly have every right to take them off your list. It's going to be a lot less, though, than what you, you might think. Um, earlier, Chad, you were talking about how like free exams aren't necessarily good for um, for getting uh, people who will actually complete their plan of care. But I just I think there's like a distinction right between like free exams for past patients that you run twice a year versus the people that are running like advertisements year round for free exams. Yeah, let, let me um, let, let me give you the huge asterisks here. So, Andrea, you're exactly right. The it, I believe that the best place to use the free exam, free assessment day is with people who already know, like, and trust you. Um, at the same time, our group, so the Breakthrough Ad Advertising Team, wanted to run a free exam day in 2020, June of 2020 for Madden and Gilbert. And I said, I'm out. Um, the, we were working with uh, Kathy Borkowski at the time, who was the, the head of 
Facebook advertising. She had worked for Facebook. She said, hey, we're in the pandemic. Um, we're coming out of this. We want to do run a free exam day for this. So this is cold. This is using a free service in a way that we've never used it before. And I said, listen, I'm out. Luckily, there was an owner who was in uh, Bill Whiteford Appalachian PT down in uh, Tennessee. They ran for the four clinics, um, ended up with 73 plans of care out of that. If I remember the math right, I think they had 90 people responded to the ad. Um, the, the issue is, is you can't do that over and over and over. So like you can't run a free exam day for your office with online advertising, like week after week after week and expect good things there. It, it invalidates your, uh, your service a little bit and, and your brand. So again, that, and thanks for calling that out, Andrea, but um, yeah, we've seen owners get themselves in trouble where they run that, they have a heavy hit in the beginning and then they're, they just, they say, okay, I want to repeat this over and over and over again because it's working. Well, eventually it stops working because you're just inundating the market with a free offer. And again, it's the Groupon effect. So if you want to read the disaster stories around that, just go read any Groupon horror story because there are lots of owners um, and I, many of them are my friends that are no longer in business, but they went down the route of the Groupon offer. And it's, it's really tough on a business. Yeah, I think Jeff Landmade said, um, you end up attracting the people that just are constantly shopping for deals rather than people who are actually going to become loyal patients. Exactly. The tire kickers, I think is what he called them. Um, Jen asked another question. Do you have prospects list out their medical history prior to the screen? Uh, we, we do an intake. Yeah, it's an abbreviated intake. Yes. Cool. Um, we have a few other questions here. Um, so Sanjoy asked, um, what are some ways PTs are treating fibromyalgia? Um, would you welcome this group of patients? Why or why not? So really anyone here could, could jump in and help answer his question if, if you have experience here. Awkward pause. Joanne, did you have something? Well, we we treat it, but I'm the practice manager, so I can't really lend any technical. We do a, uh, all hands-on manual therapy. So, um, you know, the other tool that we've been using in-house, um, which I've been told by other people that um, have applied it to it, is a, a PEMF device, PEMF device that helps improve blood circulation, which has helped with um, uh, people with that. So. I don't have a lot of experience there. We, we see it. It's usually a comorbidity. It's not the primary diagnosis that they're coming in for. We did have a therapist who specialized in it, uh, Marianne Gamrick, but she retired about uh, seven years ago. Got it. Um, all right. There's a question from Ashton Haynes. Um, where are you having luck hiring techs? We're struggling big time because we can't compete with the pay that fast food is offering. In our area, a car hop at Sonic is making $16 to $18 an hour. 10 years ago, our son was paid $2.51 an hour for that job. We're not. So we have a, a pretty big lull um, gap in our uh, tech hiring. Uh, I think we're short like 15 techs 
across the company right now. Um, the what we are doing is we're very specific about what we're looking for. Somebody in a gap year, they likely have a four-year degree. They want to pursue a doctorate in physical therapy or uh, another healthcare medical profession. Um, and that is the only thing that has worked for us. Um, we are on Indeed. We are on LinkedIn. Every, you know, um, addressing aggressively with advertising uh, students. And it, it's not the same as what it was two, two, three years ago when we would put an ad out on Indeed and get 50 applicants. It's just, it's, it's a different marketplace. Anybody else hiring an aide or tech this year and have success? Uh, this is Julie. We're not really hiring as many techs, but we're just having problems in general uh, hiring PTs and, and PTAs. It's it's a big struggle because the hospital keeps getting them from us because <laughs> they can pay so much more. So we are struggling. I think everybody's kind of the same boat. Julie, I, I will. So I've done videos and I think we even talked about this in a previous Q&A training. Um, we, I've found a lot of success, like a surprising amount of success on LinkedIn. Um, there is a tool called LinkedIn Recruiter. I believe there's also a LinkedIn Recruiter Lite. But what that allows us to do, um, by the way, LinkedIn Recruiter is expensive. It's like 13K a year. Um, but it, what we do is with LinkedIn Recruiter or Lite, we can create a list and then message those people directly. And this is key. The messaging, what you send in the message. Are you on LinkedIn, Julie? Yes, I am. Great. I am. And I did. I have gotten a few. The probably the, the, the long way around, but I did reach out to some people and we've gotten you know, two people who are interested in me actually hired one. But um, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm interrupt. No, no, you're great. Um, LinkedIn recruiter allows you to create. Uh, so they have a talent pool. So like we'll search accounting, let's say Lancaster County, which is where we're opening up our next office. Um, the. So I'll search Lancaster County physical therapist. Let's say there are 250 people in Lancaster County who are also physical therapists on their LinkedIn profile. What that then allows me to do is I can go through and see their, you know, their work experience, at least what they have on LinkedIn. And if somebody has been at the hospital working in peds for 25 years, probably not a candidate for outpatient PT right. in our setting. So I won't include them. But what I can do is quickly go through and it's called just save the pipeline. So I go from talent pool to pipeline. Mm -hmm. And now with those 50 people, I will message them directly. And this is key. So if, if you're on LinkedIn and you look at your inbox, most of what you're getting is a sales call or right. here's, a, here's a video. Hey, you know, great to connect. By the way, let me sell you my stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what LinkedIn is about, right? Um, what, what I do is completely different. And I'll just say, hi, Julie, um, we're, we're opening a clinic in Lancaster on the Fruitville Pike. We're, we're looking for a PT. Do you know anybody? That's basically what I did. I did not, I mean, I just, it just, I didn't want anybody to be upset either if I was trying to steal their people away, but you know, I just said, Hey, we're hiring out here on the, on the, um, on the Texas Gulf Coast, 
uh, if you know anyone, send them my way. I mean, and then I did get a few that way. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, you might want to put more time in there if it's something that's already working. Uh -huh. Just yeah. how to strengthen it. Yep. Right. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Um, another personnel re related question from John Tuomi. Um, does anyone else have a policy about clinic staff, PT or PTA doing outside work for home health or NSG homes? I've lost two PTs and two PTAs in the past year to home health. They start part-time cutting their hours in the clinic and then go in. Uh, oh, and then they're gone in four months. And I think it's, he said, they're struggling to come close to the wage that home health can, can offer. Yeah. So I, I know John, uh, we've, I think he was in one of the first marketing courses ever taught here. And, uh, yeah, John, if you're, if you're watching this, um, find out, I believe you're in Arizona, find out what you can legally do. Right. So, um, you, you're going to want to know your practice act. And I mean, I would go to Paul Welk and Paul actually has an employment attorney, Scott Leah, who we've done some work with. Um, other resource there would be uh, Bob Kowalik in the beginning of the pandemic had on uh, Liza Favaro. I believe she's in Michigan, another employment attorney who's familiar with PT law. Um, they're both excellent. You're just going to want to know what the boundaries are of what you can do legally and compliantly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, the last question we have is from Joseph Park. Um, this one's a long one, actually, so I'm, I'll go ahead and paste it in the chat so you all can read along. Every first working day of the year, my back office staff um, re-verifies every current patient's benefits. This is a stressful task as they always strive to get the benefits verified before the patient's first visit of the year. The last three years, I've closed the mornings to give my office staff at least a four-hour head start to verify the afternoon patients. It takes about a good two weeks to re-verify all current patients. Wondering how everyone else does it, or do you do this at all? I feel like it's not necessary to get it by the first visit, so I'm trying to not close the mornings, but my staff gets stressed and asks me to close. Um, with three clinics, it's very expensive to close the morning to get benefits verified. Let me know what everyone else is doing. Joanne knows what to do. <laughs> well, we we actually do the same thing. We don't we don't close the office. We just um, you know we do them as quickly as we can, and you know um, all hands on deck, and we jump. We have it all organized by date. People take different specialties. Some's great with different insurances, and we we just jump in and get it done. But um, it's amazing how many people do not know their benefits and they have no idea their benefits changed. Like it's crazy. So we found we, we have to um, get them all verified, but it's nice, you know, um, so many of them you can do electronically now. So it's not all the calling that we used to have to do. Um, you know, some you still have to, cause they don't give you enough information, but um yeah, we, it, it, it does take some time and, um, but it's well worth it in the long term term. Cause you know, the better, you know, the patient's benefits, the, the less you have, um, uh, uh, denials from the insurance. So. Thanks for sharing that. 
Yeah. And I just want to say thank you so much. I actually have a two o'clock appointment, so I have to go run, but I appreciate. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you. Have a good day. Chad, did you have anything to add to that question or anyone else want to jump in on it? I think Joanne nailed it. Um, I, I mean, our go-to, um, we have a CFO head of billing in-house here that we go to um, and several other billing experts, Bob Kowalik, um, Ashley Giles, who we work with as well. I mean, they're, they're great. So yeah, we just go to them and, but I have nothing else intelligent to add to the conversation. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we are almost at the top of the hour, but want to give you guys a final opportunity to um, ask any questions if you'd like. Chad, do you have any questions for the audience here? Uh, no. Yes, one. Um, so I'll be speaking at a PPS this Friday, uh, session 208. Is anybody going to be at a PPS? or APTA's private practice section, which is to rename now. Denver, Colorado, nobody gonna be there? Anybody? Fair enough, no other questions. All right, well, thanks so much, Chad, for your time and thank you everyone for joining. Really appreciate your engagement. Um, the next Q&A uh, session will be on December 6th. And feel free to send us over uh, any questions you have in advance. We hope to see you there. Thank you very much. You're welcome. See you. Hey, podcast listeners. When we make assumptions about others, it's just not fair. In spite of that, I'm going to make an assumption about you. You have a growth mindset. You want to help more people, leave a bigger impact, build a better practice. Am I close? If I'm right, then I have a unique offer that I think you'll be interested in. But first, if you're a regular listener, you probably know that this is brought to you by Breakthrough, the leading platform for private practice growth. Breakthrough's mission is to help people in pain get back to normal, live healthier, and do it naturally. The best way to do this is by empowering private practice owners like you to grow your business through direct-to-consumer marketing. If you're a practice owner with a growth mindset, you'd benefit from a risk-free consultation with a Breakthrough growth expert. Go to getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer to take advantage of this unique opportunity. On that call, you'll learn the key principles of how practice owners are helping more people, creating a bigger impact, and building better businesses with Breakthrough Systems. As an added bonus, the team at Breakthrough is giving a $50 Amazon gift card to any of the podcast listeners who attend this growth consultation. Sign up for your growth consultation and $50 gift card at getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Again, that's getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.